the Loving Liberty Radio Network, where like-minded people are welcome to share ideas. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Daily, you can hear the C.L. Bryant Show coast to coast and border to border right here over Red State. Red State Talk Radio, the largest uh, platform of talk in the nation. And if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And the Red State Talk Billboard is right there. Every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show, along with others, Scott Adams Show, uh, Bob Martinez, we all pop up there and old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you on that billboard. Also, friends, I want to thank our terrestrial stations. I also want to thank uh, Loving Liberty for having us as part of their platform as well. Um, my la- in the last hour, and again, if you don't get both hours of show, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your uh, favorite device and listen to us wherever you go. All of the shows are archived there on the app. The podcast is right there. On with me in the last hour was uh, Rabbi David Marcus. Rabbi David Marcus was on with me, and um, he was um, sharing a bit truth. Just and and listen, folks. Uh, there are things that are facts, you know, and accepted facts. But then you have the truth. Oh, my pastor was talking about that uh, just this last uh, just this last week. You 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 have um, maybe two weeks ago now. I don't think I've been 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 in in my home my home church, Word of God Ministries, uh, for a couple of weeks now. But uh, he was saying. I'm on the road. That's why I'm on the road. I'm on the road. I'm sort of a at-large minister. <laughs> God has opened my pulpit up uh, so that I'm able to travel and uh, carry not only the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but the good news of uh, America. My pastor was saying this, uh, James A. McManus. He Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. (laughs) 
that he, he shared with us, uh, you know, in the, in the latter part of his, his interview with me today, was that Palestine, if in fact they were not being unreasonable as far as formed nations are concerned, they could have had their own state, their own nation years ago. But then the question is, what is the holdup? Why, why didn't that occur? Why hasn't that happened? Uh, it, it's a very simple explanation if you'll hear it. So please hear it. And I will give you the answer in the form of a question. What other nation on earth wants to have a nation that does not allow into that nation other specified peoples. In the Palestinian case, they want to be a nation, but they don't want that nation to have any Jews, any Israelis in it whatsoever. Now, 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 is that uh, a new form of insanity as far as unreasonableness is concerned? Huh? Is, is, that an, an, is, is that unreasonable? Yes, it's unreasonable. And I will tell you right now that if you don't think that that's unreasonable, then you don't really know what the definition of racist is. And and friends, this drives home even further what I have been saying to you about Omar and Tlaib, both of them and anyone else who supports their lunacy. They love to shout and scream about racism, yet they would want to support groups that are founded, rooted, grounded in racist policy. And when you look to any nation, wherever it is on the face of the planet, and, and in quite frankly, up until Nixon was president of the United States, China was probably one of the most racist nations on earth. They were closed. They really didn't want folks there who were not Chinese. And you certainly couldn't participate before uh, Nixon opened that up. So, although to the extent that these Palestinians are wanting to treat uh, Israelis, uh, Jewish people, the Jewish people, they want to be a nation. Yes, they want to be a nation. Should they be a nation? I guess if they found them some uh, legitimate property to be a nation on and they are willing to uh, abide by the guidelines that every other nation on earth does abide by, and that is the immigration of others to their country, then quite frankly, I agree with Rabbi David Marcus that they should have been and could have been a recognizable entity long ago. Long ago. Are you hearing me? So, 
I want to go visit grandma. <laughs> I want to go visit my grandma. Omar was lamenting. Because it may be my last chance to visit my 90-year-old grandma. Initially, uh, that request for her to come in to the state of Israel was denied because she was deemed to be an enemy of the state through her actions. However, however, that request was then revisited and it was granted on humanitarian basis because it would have been and is humanitarian to allow someone to come into a state, even when there's enmity, to visit an ailing or sick loved one. Although I saw grandma um, earlier and it's uh, a couple of days ago and it, it does seem as though grandma is still full of uh, fire and vinegar. There's no question about it. <laughs> Enough to say that uh, she basically uh, cursed the president with bad fortune because uh, not in Israel with bad in uh, Netanyahu with bad fortune because they denied and see this is the one side of the story that grandma is getting the one side of the story that grandma is getting is that uh, her granddaughter will not be coming to see her because she was denied access to her that is not true she was uh, granted access in, uh, she, in fact, she had several, couple of opportunities. One, there was, I don't know if you knew this, the progressive liberal news media is certainly not going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, there was a congressional delegation that went over there right during the time that Tlaib and Omar wanted to go. They could have gone with that delegation. They did not go with that delegation. 80 people went, 80 of them went. They didn't go with that delegation. Why? Because they did not want the story to be about that visit. They want the story to be about them. If, in fact, you want to identify and see the face of narcissism, look no further than your own United States House of Representatives. There are two <laughs> that we can point to uh, decidedly. And that's Omar and Tlaib. They don't want this to be about anything other than them. They're tooting their own horns. And I, I get it. If you don't toot your own horn, and of course they find themselves lying in the sun right now. Every dog has his day lying in the sun. And no, I didn't call them dogs. I wasn't calling them dogs. It's using uh, a familiar phrase. And they're having their day in the sun right now. They have a piece of that sidewalk that they're laying on and they're sunning in it. But oh, if they only knew how quickly it is going to expire, their time in the sun will expire. If they wanted to go to Israel, they could have gone to Israel. If Omar wanted to visit grandma, she could have visited grandma. What does it lead us to believe? This was not about grandma at all, was it? No. No. 
This is about trying to make Israel, the Trump administration, and the Netanyahu uh, government look bad. And it's sad when all that is involved here. And I think uh, Rabbi Marcus said it very well. Rabbi uh, David Marcus said it very, very well. The politics of it makes it as difficult as it is. It, it's, it's not, my friends, it's not the relationships that could be had and the conversations that could be had that make this uh, so difficult. It's the politics in it. And this, uh, when, what Omar, what uh, Talib has pulled actually reveals it in its fullest and brightest light of what it truly is. It's a sham. It's a sham. It had nothing to do with grandma. It had everything to do with her and her becoming a, um, a news media darling, a progressive liberal media darling. Have your fun now. Rashida, have your fun now, Ilan. Soon, your time in the United States House of Representatives will be over. Unless, hear me now, unless there is a organization like Antifa that that will be a warlord at the voting booths in the various districts of Omar and Tlaib, as well as Cortez and Presley, like the Black Panthers were at a voting booth. I believe that was Ohio or, or Indiana. Like the Panthers were, I will not. And folks, I'm telling you, after what happened in Seattle, what, after what happened in Seattle over this past weekend, you're seeing that the progressive liberals are developing strong armed militia to combat anything they feel is conservative with fascist methods. People being beaten up, dragged through the street, set upon simply because of their opinion is exactly what happened this past weekend in Seattle. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And the mayor there, <laughs> friends, let me tell you something. The mayor there is now trying to cover his behind. Not, not, not uh, Seattle. I said Seattle. I'm sorry, folks. Portland, Portland, Oregon. He's trying to cover his behind by now condemning what went on. It was, it was very easy to see what this was all about months ago. Antifa is a mob 
was actually chasing and attacking people who were not Antifa and a mob. Listen, a young girl actually got uh, separated from others, and uh, the mayor of Portland, hey, police, evidently, evidently, were told to stand down while Antifa was attacking school buses, were attacking people in the streets, were actually committing acts of chaos, violence, and fascism. Is this the America that you want? It's the one that you're going to get if, in fact, you don't see to it that you show up at the polls and vote out fascist like Tlaib, Omar, Cortez, and Presley. Don't you recall Presley saying that if you are a black person and you're not voting with her platform, then you're not black enough. If you're brown and you're not with them, you're not brown enough. If you're gay, homosexual, she even used the word queer and you don't agree with them then you're not queer enough. You're not gay enough. That, my friends, is anti-American. Are you hearing me? But yet, when the narrative is given, when the narrative comes down, they say that conservatives, Republicans, the president is the fascist, is the racist, is the intolerant one. You see how this works? Do you understand how this narrative is being sold to impressionable and oftentimes ignorant followers of these far-right minions. Pay attention. Because this very well could be coming to a city near you. Um, Pay attention. The price of your liberty will be eternal vigilance. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with more. There's much more for us to talk about here today as we build the bridge um, to conversation throughout our great nation right here on Red State Talk Radio throughout the Fruited Plains of America. I want to thank our terrestrial stations for having us as part of their family and also Loving Liberty for having us as part of their platform as well. I'll be back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Yes, her her request was, I want to go see Grandma. She had the opportunity to go see Grandma, but it wasn't Grandma that was on her mind. It was creating havoc and controversy and, of course, keeping her face in the news cycle. Talking about Rashida Tlaib, that is what she is all about. Now, I want to uh, tell you again, I'll be in Chicago over this next weekend. Just came back from Columbia, South Carolina. I want to thank our gracious host there. And hey, folks, if you're visiting there in Columbia, South Carolina area, there's a place that you got to go. It's called the Melting Pot. Met the owner there, Jay. And uh, hey, folks, it was an experience that was just absolutely great. The Melting melting Pot. Fantastic, fantastic food uh, and entertainment. All of that was just fantastic. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, all of you people there in Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you so much for being gracious host to FreedomWorks. Uh, Go to FreedomWorks.org over the weekend. And and we uh, thank you for your hospitality. I'll be in Chicago this coming week uh, in this coming weekend. And I'll be telling you more about that in uh, the days to come. But one of the things that uh, I'll be uh, talking about is the relationship of neglect and um, ignorance that has been um, exemplified in a big way toward black voters. You know, if you're politically correct, African-American voters, I hate that. I don't like that term at all. If we were going to talk in colors, okay, let's talk colors. But uh, I'm an American in fact, D-Rock wrote a song about it that I lend my, loan my voice to uh, in its opening. I'm an American. And as I have said to you in past times, I'm saying to you again uh, that I totally disagree with the premise that American is uh, a nation of immigrants. No, at one time we were a nation of immigrants. Now, my friends, we are a nation of Americans. Yes, yes, we're, we're a nation of Americans. That's who we are. We're a nation of Americans who came from immigrants. And 
It is a nation that has established its identity and culture. Anyone coming to these shores, of course, you bring who you are with you. And, of course, that adds to the pot of gumbo that we all enjoy. But we're contained within the same pot. And what you bring to uh, the table and what you bring to the ingredients is your flavoring. But we're all a part of the same meal coming out of that particular pot. For the people in our American household. Yes, Americans enjoy eating from the various peoples that have come to this nation, but we enjoy our safety in being a unified nation who have all uh, who have seen all of its citizens, legal citizens, because really you can't be uh, you can be a part of a nation with, uh, I guess, a temporary citizenship. But you can't you're not supposed to enjoy full status as a citizen unless you are a part of the family. Citizens of my family enjoy um, benefits of the family that others visiting don't. Yes, certain recognition, certain privileges that my children and, and relatives enjoy as far as relationship with uh, each other personally. That those who are just strangers do not. But if you marry into the family, <laughs> are you hearing me? If you become one of the family, if you become uh, one who is going to support the family, and I mean in principle, I'm not talking about uh, in this case, in, the, in, in a uh, nuclear family case, uh, although I encourage all the family members to uh, establish a family fund. When you go to the family reunions, make it about business as well as having uh, to hug each other's neck and all that type of thing. Make it about business. Establish a family fund so that your family becomes secure. Yeah. That's what being American is all about. That's what coming to America and becoming an American is all about. Is becoming a part of a family where all of us have the interest of making our nation secure. And then we support our friends who, as we refer to as allies, in ways that make them feel welcome as well. Israel is one of those. Israel is America's only friend in the Middle East. And friends, I, as I, I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, I mentioned it all the time that there is a neglect and there is a taking for granted that somehow this progressive liberal movement in the Democrat Party is uh, promoting. They're promoting a nation that should be taken for granted. 
and they want Israel to be taken for granted. They want America to be taken for granted. We just didn't become a great nation uh, just uh, because we have people here from all over the world. No, we're, we're a great nation because of our values and the principles by which we have operated. Principles that saw once the nation was an, a country, once we had become a country, saw the abolition of slavery that had existed on the continent for 200 years. Yeah. But once America became a nation, slavery went away. And freedom began to explode in places and in areas of social uh, justice and, 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 and social engagement that uh, could not have happened and, and did not happen in other places, even though you could call them free countries. There was not an explosion of freedom and democracy for everybody as it occurred here in the 243-year uh, existence of this country. There is no other nation on earth that values the freedom and rights of men and women as America. There is no none other. And so when we, we see that there are people who embrace uh, one party who have been ignored and taken for granted by that one party, talking about the Democrat Party, and yes, I'm pointedly talking about black folks, people of color, as Tlaib and Omar and Cortez and Presley so like to tout it has been the people of color who have been the most abused, used, ignored, and taken for granted by the Democrat Party than anyone else. It seems to me you should be tired of it. And it does appear they are getting tired of it because of films like I Made, which is The Godfather, to Blexit. The godfather of the walkaway movement. It was the runaway. Before uh, they had the ease and the uh, of wa of walking away, and the ease of exiting at your leisure. The Democrat Party. Before those two ever existed, there were those of us who had to run away. And no, we were not treated like runaway Hebrew slaves. No, we were treated like runaway colored slaves, Negro slaves from a southern plantation who the dogs were after. And we ran away because we understood that there was no way that the tenants of freedom Liberty, justice could ever take place as long as we allowed ourselves to be the mascots and the, 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 the kept pets. Oh, you heard me right. The kept pets of the Democrat Party. As long as that was the case. We would never have true freedom. That's exactly uh, what was going on on the plantation, in case you didn't know. Uh, the, the slave was, was a kept commodity. 
told when to when they would eat, when they would sleep, basically imprisoned on the plantation. Even though it wasn't, it's not like it wasn't like jail in that sense, but it was. You understand. It wasn't, but it was because people were not able to decide for themselves how their endowment of life, liberty and pursuit of happiness would be executed. So they were slaves. Slavery went away in this country. Not long after the country was founded, one generation, it was gone. Now. Now, hear this. There's a reason why, and um, I was, oh my goodness, uh, we as Americans, and I, I heard someone say this, this, this I'm, I'm re repeating something that I heard said uh, at an event that I was at, and a keynote, a keynote speaker at, the, the speaker before me, a couple of speakers before me said this, and it, it is absolutely true. There's reasons why they have signs in nature parks that try to create the most natural habitat for the wildlife, <clears throat> pardon me, that are there. There are reasons why they have signs that say, don't feed the wildlife. Don't feed the wildlife. And the reason they have those signs is because once the, the wildlife become accustomed to being fed by you, they stopped hunting and feeding themselves for themselves. Does that sound familiar? It should, if you have embraced at any point in time, the government programs that the Democrat Party has put forth and have now made a staple for those who want to lift themselves from the muck and the mire. When you start feeding people without them working and earning their own living, their own way in life, then they, by uh, psychology, began not to have the motivation to feed and care for themselves. Huh? Feed a lion in a cage from being a cub up to its adulthood, you turn that lion loose in the jungle, oh, he's still a lion. And he'd probably kill you and eat you if um, he gets hungry enough. But he won't be able to survive among the other lions because he doesn't have the survival instinct. Could it be that that is what's happening to our young people as well? Our young people in today's America, and I mentioned this over uh, the weekend to uh, that crowd that was there, uh, they've lost an edge 
in the boxing ring. Uh, and those of you who know anything about me, I, uh, years and years and years ago when I was just a teenager, I, uh, I boxed. I, I was boxed. I used to box Irish McNeil Sports for Boys. I used to box over there. And um, I wasn't bad. Wasn't great, but I wasn't bad. I can defend myself pretty good. But we called it the killer instinct. You had to, have, if you're going to be a real good boxer, your instinct was to go in basically on a mission. And that was to uh, uh, wound, you know, pugilistically, your enemy and then move in, take him out. When it comes to business and survival in in this country, as far as uh, business is concerned and survival is concerned, our children know how to operate and do the video games. But the interpersonal skills it takes to sharpen the survival skills one on one in a world that is bursting with commerce and commerce opportunities Many of our young people lack those skills because of the political correctness types of attitudes that are flourishing. And I am saying sapping the life's blood and the life's possibilities out of American youth. Take away competition. You take away the edge and you get Cuba, you get Russia, you get collapsing economies when you stymie competition. Create a market where you don't have an equal outcome as America was created to be. The outcome was based upon how you pursued your life, your liberty and happiness, as opposed to someone else who has the same opportunity, but yet may not have the zeal, the, the stick to the go get it that you have, then their outcome will be different than yours. But if you give that person the same outcome, as you do to a person who has the drive, the attitude, the stick to itiveness. If you give to the person who doesn't, maybe they're just lazy. But if you give them the same outcome as someone who worked and earned it, then what happens? By necessity, psychological necessity, you take away the incentive from the person who is a go-getter. That, my friends, is exactly what progressive liberals want to do. Steal that. Take that. From. Si 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 siphon it off. Siphon it out of the American DNA. We'll be back with the home stretch when I return. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. Friends, when we look at the the 2020 election, we must take into account what Malcolm X said about the black vote back in 1964. Now, there was a whole lot of things that frightened black folks about Malcolm X. In fact, for those of you who don't know, there was in the black community sort of like a an Ali Frazier type of relationship with Malcolm X and Dr. King. Many of the black people who supported and um, uh, followed Malcolm X did not follow or support Dr. King. Likewise, uh, if you were a supporter of Dr. King, you were most likely afraid of Malcolm X. My parents were not supporters of Malcolm X, although I will admit to you here on live radio that uh, he was intriguing to a young black man like me during those times. Of course, when uh, Malcolm X was assassinated, I was still a very young man. I was uh, not quite uh, 10 years old, but what he was saying was still electrifying and intriguing to a young Negro boy growing up in the South at that time. So I think it's appropriate to reflect right now in the uh, midst of the takeover that uh, has occurred. When we look at the Democrat Party in relationship to black folks in this country, when, when, when Malcolm and, and Dr. King were around, uh, we were Negroes. We become African-Americans now. Uh, I say we're black, uh, if you want to speak in colors. But it, it's mighty strange to look back in, through the prism of history. Remember, there are facts and then there's truth. Uh, quoting James A. McManus, my pastor. There's facts and then there's truth. Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you uh, an example of, of, of that and what, what, what's being talked about there. Malcolm X, 1964, when he speaks of blacks who gave 80% of their vote to the Democrat Party in 1964, black activist Malcolm X called them political chumps. 
Yeah. White voters, uh, Malcolm X said, are so evenly divided that every time they vote, the race is so close. They have to go back and count the votes all over again, which means that they that any block, any minority that has a block that sticks together is in a strategic position. Either way you go. It can it can make the difference in who gets the the position, the nomination. And and Malcolm X says that the black vote, the Negro vote was going toward putting those who would oppress them first and they put you last Cause you're a chump, a political chump. And anytime Malcolm X finished by saying, he said, anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two thirds of the government, And that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time. And you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party. You're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Malcolm X, speaking on blacks who voted for the Democrat Party in 1964. And certainly when he's talking about 1965, the Civil Rights Acts that were being passed, signed into law, yes, by Lyndon Johnson, but little does anybody know, But if you got my film, you can watch it on Amazon Prime tonight if you want to. If you have Amazon Prime, you can download uh, the the Runaway Runaway Slave movie and watch it on Amazon Prime tonight. You will see that if it had not been for Everett Dirksen, senator from Illinois, a white man, uh, that that bill would have the civil rights bill would have failed. Yeah, and for any of you who somehow think that Lyndon Johnson uh, was a friend of black people, uh, just look at the 1957 Civil Rights Act that a Republican, Dwight David Eisenhower, then President of the United States in 1957. He tried to pass almost the exact same bill in 1957. You know who voted against that bill? Oh, get the movie, Runaway Slave. Get the movie. Get my movie, Runaway Slave. I was educating on this five years ago. Lyndon Johnson and John F. Kennedy were two votes against the 1957 Civil Rights Act of Dwight David Eisenhower, a Republican. 
Kennedy gets assassinated. King is uh, raising uh, Cain in the streets of America. Malcolm X is becoming a very prominent figure. The Nation of Islam is having its say. Stokely Carmichael is, uh, you know, is loud and, and uh, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud, along with H. Rap Brown and another Brown called James Brown. We were, they were all talking about that. And I was I was definitely very Afrocentric back then myself. Still am very proud of my uh, heritage in this country. This is the only country where my story, my family story could possibly be told. Very proud of my heritage. But. Back then, in the 60s, once the 60s rolled around, America knew it had to change or burn. We had to get along. We had to find a way to do it. And the president who signed the Civil Rights Act into law, Lyndon Johnson, just nearly 10 years later, not quite 10 years earlier, rather, not quite 10 years earlier, had voted against it along with the president that he succeeded tragically, John Fitzgerald Kennedy voted against the Civil Rights Act, Civil Rights Act in 1957 of Dwight David Eisenhower. Kennedy was a congressman then. Johnson was in, in the Congress then, was a congressman then. Both of them voted against it. One from the South, one from the Northeast. One become president of the United States. Well, they both would become president of the United States. One would become vice president of the United States. In fact, Johnson was Kennedy's vice president. Both of them voted against the Civil Rights Act of 1957 of Dwight David Eisenhower. And if it had been voted for by then, passed in 1957, we may have almost a eight-year chin up or on the progress that we could have made and think about it if king had been operating from the premise that he had civil rights when he went to birmingham or when he gave his speech at the Washington Monument, or maybe there would maybe there would never have been a speech at the Washington Monument. Maybe I have a dream would have never come about. Yeah, God has a plan, no doubt about it, but King would have still been significant, and other voices would have raised, and other methods would have been employed in order to move forward, because 1957 was, um, uh, quite frankly, a much different kind of America the 1965 America was concerned. You'd be surprised. Yet 1957 America was a different America, even uh, just, uh, you know, seven years earlier. And certainly seven years later, in 1971, America was still that much more different. And even going on to 1978, America was even more different. So how much more of an influence, we'll never know, would it have been if Johnson and Kennedy had signed on to the Civil Rights Act of 1957 that Dwight David Eisenhower 
wanted to bring about it. After all, you must remember that it was Eisenhower who sent in the National Guard to make sure uh, that the Little Rock uh, Five could go to school there in Little Rock. Huh? Study your history. I say all this to wind up the show today. Speaking to people who are conservatives and members of the GOP. I say this a lot to uh, Republican organizations that I uh, visit and travel to uh, across the nation almost, well, almost every month I'm somewhere. You're not telling your story. Huh? No, you are not telling your story. Yours is the story that has caused victory in this nation as far as racial progress is concerned. The Democrats have taken credit for it. It has always been you. It was the Republicans who freed the slaves. It was Republican uh, Congressman Everett Dirksen who was responsible for getting the votes to pass the 64 and 65 Civil Rights Act. It was Republicans who saw the first people of color seated with the Republican R in front of their name in Congress. But Republicans, unfortunately, you are not telling your story and the Democrats are taking credit for it. Tell your story. Learn your story. Could it be that you don't know your story? Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL. And may God bless and keep you all. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.